Hey, Scoob, that was fun. Let's grab another skateboard and, like, do it again, huh? <laughs> I'm telling you, man, Scooby-Doo is computer-generated. No way. It looks so real. Well, the years start coming and they don't stop 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 coming Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new season of it ain't ogre till it's ogre. I'm usual host Will, and join me once again for another season is my good buddy Matt. Hey Matt. Hey, how's it going, Will? I'm doing well. I'm excited. Yeah. And also joining us again is our good buddy Chris. Hello. Chris, you'll be here for I believe this is your fourth season, right? Because you joined us in season two. Uh, yes, and I believe it's my first pilot. Wait, is it? No. Maybe not. No. No, no, I missed I missed the Cat in the Hat pilot, but I was yeah. This is my yeah, I was gonna fourth, say, yeah. I think you were in both, both season both third pilot. And, yeah, here we go. <laughs> right, I was yeah. very confused there for a second. I was like, "Is time closing in on itself?" Uh, because <laughs> we've been doing this for at this point, once a year ends, we'll be doing. We will have done it for half a decade, I believe, which is a crazy thought. Yeah, wow, uh, that is insane. and. Uh, I mean, when you put it like that, you can do that for anything. Like I'm half of sixty years old. Well, look, sure, the years start coming. And yes. they don't stop. <laughs> but that's the thing. So we're in a new year. It's a new era, technically, because I believe this is the first episode we have done in the Biden administration. That's, because I mean, well, it's obviously the first we've done today's the, in the, the Biden administration. Yeah. You don't but, say. Um, I was going to say, I think this is the first, every other episode we've done was in the Trump administration, I think. That's correct, right? yeah. We started in January 2017, so it's a new era, we, a new political era. We maybe recorded the first episode in the final days of the Obama. Actually, no, we definitely did, because we recorded the first episode in person, and I remember that the day that Trump was inaugurated was the day I drove my mom to the airport after I moved to L.A., so okay. there you go. Stick that in your so, cap. I don't know what the expression is. Put that in Put your that pipe in and pipe smoke and it. Smoke. There it is. Put that <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's... It's like I said, new year, new, new era, and it's time for a new movie. Oh right! So, yeah. What were you gonna say? I was just I I forgot that it's a new movie. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, well, I hope you watched it. Was the film. disguised so well. Ah! Yeah. Reverence, reverence. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so, <laughs> in season one, we discussed Matt Shrek. The 2001 yep. DreamWorks animated comedy uh, starring Mike Myers and Eddie Murphy. And then season two, Chris, what did we discuss? We did the post-9-11 Cat in the Hat movie <laughs> starring Mike Myers. I mean, that, that's one way to put it, but sure. Um, and then, Matt, what did we discuss in season three? Season three was Garfield, a live-action movie uh, starring a CG cat played by Bill Murray. Okay. Uh, I don't know why we're describing all the films. I was just kind of hey, doing like a build-up, hey, like boom, 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 We're boom, setting boom, this boom. up, baby. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I like the build-up. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a recap. Then, sure. For those of the, so, see, for those of yeah. you just joining us, <laughs> yes. season five. If you haven't, if you're some, for, this for is, whatever this reason, is supposed you're starting to be a good jumping five, on point, man. <laughs> yeah. If you're starting the show in season five, well, first, welcome. Welcome yeah, to the welcome, show. Yeah, welcome. Welcome. Hey, Ogre. Toto Thanks for listening. I'm Will. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Uh, all right. And then, um, so where we go? Chris, what do we discuss in season four? Um, uh, Scooby-Doo. 
There you go. <laughs> um, You're not gonna... I'm a little worried about you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a second, how many seasons are we on? Wait, well, um, well wait, you gotta describe it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Scooby-Doo, the live-action adaptation of the Hanna-Barbera. Yeah, Barbera. Um, I mean, when I was a kid, I always called it Hanna-Barbera. Nice. So I, okay. Hanna-Barbera. You got a little, real purist. got a real brand Nazi over here. Yeah, how about uh, that? Ooh, ooh. <laughs> um, Starring uh, Matthew Lillard is... Shaggy, Shaggy Doo. Shaggy Rogers. <laughs> Shaggy Rogers. Shag, yeah. Shaggy Rogers. Oh, man. Shaggy Doo. <laughs> Chris, your memory is failing you this, this episode, I have to say. Look, Chris um, is just setting us up because this is about to be the most chaotic season of It Ain't Ogre till it's Ogre yet. Yes, Hopefully. it is. I mean, yeah, so without further ado, our season five movie of the year is 2002's The Master of Disguise, which was designed to be a launching point for Dana Carvey's film career. Right. Obviously, Dana Carvey was a big um, SNL star, and he was, you know, obviously well-liked and acclaimed for his performances in the Wayne's World movies, but shortly thereafter, he did the Dana Carvey show, which was, you know, supposed to be this huge thing, you know, this big primetime sketch comedy show, and it basically flopped. Even though it found a cult following, it only lasted, I think, like 12 episodes or something. And then... He, I, as far as I can recall, he he basically kind of kept a low profile until this movie, and it was another thing where I was like, all this expectation, all this build up, like, oh man, like Dana Carvey's back, you know, he was like one of the like premier stars of SNL, like people, you know, praise him so much for his like mastery impressions and you know sharp timing and all this. Like, what is he gonna do with his own movie vehicle? And uh, well. To say the least, it, it fell apart pretty spectacularly. Um, he drives that movie vehicle straight into a brick wall. Exactly. Yeah, I was gonna say into the ocean, but I think brick wall might be more fitting because yeah, you can come yeah. out of the ocean, uh, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, because I don't. I mean, unless I'm forgetting something, I don't think he's really done any other movies since then. At least not as a like lead actor. I was actually told today that his feature film debut by a friend of the mm-hmm. podcast, Alex Barndoller, uh, is that he, he appears in Halloween 2. Oh, yeah? In one scene, he plays a, a newsman's assistant. Hmm. I've seen Halloween 2. That's the one I remember the least, because I, I, I just remember seeing it and thinking it was a cool concept, but I, I didn't think the execution was that great. But nonetheless, that's another movie. We can discuss that when we discuss Halloween 2 and season whatever. Uh, for The Master Disguise... Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a film. It is such a weird film to describe because, like, it is such a film of its time because, like, it has the aesthetics of a 2002 comedy. Like, it's a lot of pop culture references. It's very, like, flashy, kind of garish, uh, you know, very, like, loud in your face. But, like, it also is, like, a film of no era because it is filled with all these absurd directions and like not even a plot like i i think this is basically a premise yes that yeah. they 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 took and decided to just like what could we do if dana carvey was a master disguise oh. which i yeah sorry what? i was just gonna say honestly it's more like an snl skit um like yeah it, i mean yeah it's 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 like the kind of snl skit that it would be like a recurring character who is pistachio disguisey mm-hmm. the master of disguise and like each skit would be him doing a different disguise right. to try to get in somewhere or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I I would even, think, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. 
I would say they even they I would say even before that they were like, what can we do to utilize Dana Carvey's impressions? Oh, he's a master disguise. Yeah. And then how do how do we make that into an interesting premise? And then they just go nuts. Basically, yeah, because I was I agree with you, Matt. Like when I was watching the movie, I had to constantly remind myself that this wasn't a SNL movie and that like it wasn't based on any pre-existing characters or like any established characters because they they really uh, like they they dive full headlong into the idea of like. You know Pistachio, you love Pistachio, like, here is his origin story, like, you know, here's the big event, but, like, the movie doesn't, like, it has, like, a kind of, like, quirky flashback sequence, but there's really not, like, a whole lot explaining him. And It's that, like, yeah. this summer, see Pistachio Disguise on the big screen. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, like I said, there was a lot of buildup for Dana Carvey as a, you know, fleeting or potential movie star. Uh, so there was, I guess, like, some buildup. I remember this movie being pretty heavily marketed. Yes, I did, At too. least the, like, the, the Turtle Club scene. Um, I believe if, if – I don't know if this is the same for YouTube, but I remember this was, like, pretty prominently on the DVD for Stuart Little 2. I, I never had the uh, DVD for Stuart oh, Little 2. Oh, okay. yeah. I remember that. I got it – I rented it from Netflix, and I saw that. Yeah. Okay. I guess I guess Stuart Little Two is a is a bigger place in my childhood than YouTube, but I don't even um, know that I've ever seen it. Oh really? I know it, I, I know I saw the first one when I was a kid, but I don't know if I ever saw the second one. I would argue Stuart Little Two is is probably better than the first one. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I like it. Um, but anyway, we're not discussing Stuart Little Two. Yeah. We're discussing the Master of Disguise. But uh, <laughs> Chris, to your earlier point, I I definitely got the impression while I was watching this movie, and one note I did take was that it feels like this was Dana Carvey's attempt to basically make his own Austin Powers yes. franchise. Yeah. Because at this point, like we said, he was in Wayne's World, and he had a pretty kindred kindred bond with, with um, Mike Myers. But around the time they were making the second Wayne's World movie, they definitely were feuding. Like, they, they had a very fraught uh, relationship. And at that point, you know, Mike Myers was definitely getting a huge ego. He was like, you know, all these major movies, including Shrek and, like I said, Austin Powers. And I, I can definitely tell that Dana Carvey had some clear resentment for it, certainly because um, I don't know if you guys know this. Dr. Evil was basically based on uh, Dana Carvey's impression of Lauren Michaels that Mike Myers stole and then just, you know, basically became famous yeah, Even more so than he was already for oh, yeah. that impression. So I, I feel like this movie, everything about it feels like kind of cynical in that it's like clearly trying to like, you know, kind of put down Mike Myers or like, you know, be belittle his talents. And he's like kind of like going like, well, look what I can do. I can do this. And I can do this. Even down to the point where he makes fun of his movie, right? <laughs> directly with Shrek. Well, we- and we said yeah. that his Shrek impression was awful, and it's like yeah. it's so awful as to be intentionally so. That's what I'm wondering, yeah, because like I think if there's anything, like I don't know if there's going to be like a theme discussion point besides like the Turtle Club scene, which we'll obviously talk about in depth pretty soon. But um, yeah, the Shrek impression, I have to imagine it's going to come up in each episode because it, it baffles me because, like we said before, Dana Carvey is such a genius impressionist mm-hmm. that like I feel like he could do like if he if he put the effort into it, like he could. Be, he could probably do a like really strong Shrek. Have you guys ever you heard imagine. his McCartney? Uh, I think I have. Yeah, it's outstanding. Heard, yeah, he he did so a like, series yeah. of episodes with Conan that I recommend checking out. Sorry to derail. Be, yeah, go ahead. No, no, you're good. <laughs> um, but like, I just, my my point just being that like I feel like if he really like wanted to 
to do like a good Shrek, he would do a good Shrek. Oh, 100%. So I, I have to imagine that when he does the Shrek in this movie, well, either because the character is supposed to be awkward he, okay, or he's trying to. Here's like, something yeah. you got to consider, though. Now, we know that this movie was filming in the fall of 2001. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Now, how yes. long had Shrek been out at that time? Because you got to remember, we're dealing with Shrek as a character that's been in four movies across several years, for starting 20 years ago. But Dana Carvey maybe had only seen Shrek once or twice and just didn't yeah. have that good of an impression because he hadn't really heard it. He only heard it like once a couple months ago. But I, I feel like he heard it before that because... I mean, not to like you know give anything away, but basically, Mike Myers' Shrek impression is his his voice from Fat Bastard, just like kind of down yeah, down true. a little bit. Yeah. So it's like I'm I'm pretty dead certain that he heard his Scottish accent several times before Shrek. Like I I feel like that's just a voice that Mike Myers has done, and like it wasn't like Shrek was supposed to have a Scottish accent. He just was like, I want to do a Scottish accent, and the producers and directors had to go with it for Shrek. So I, I have to imagine that Dana Carvey has heard this voice several times. So I don't I don't know if I buy that excuse, but there is some logic there in that. Like, obviously, you know, Shrek wasn't what he is now. I mean, he was still huge, mm-hmm. but not not huge in a way that he is at this point. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a meme yet. But um, right. I don't want to uh, downplay his donkey either, which is better, but also makes me wildly uncomfortable because yeah. you know, obviously it's a it's a. 30 something white guy doing a black man's voice. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Which is other if you if you look past that it is a solid impression, but you know. Yeah. How much can you look past that? <laughs> the, I mean, yeah. if you were to, if if you close your eyes and watch that scene. Well, you can't watch if your eyes are closed, but if you if you close your <laughs> eyes and listen to that scene, you would think like, "Oh, that's a pretty good donkey." And you'd be like, "I is he having a stroke when he does the um the Shrek impression?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I concur with that. <laughs> but um, without all out of the way, let's start with your notes. And then obviously if we don't get to it, we're going to have to discuss the turtle scene because I have a lot to say from the onset about that. But uh, I almost let- kind of, we almost kind of need to have a whole turtle theme, turtle, turtle scene themed episode. I, mm. I think we kind of maybe need to because. Where we all do that there's... voice for the whole episode. I wasn't thinking that, but I was thinking like, we we kind of need to analyze that scene for forty minutes at one point because yeah. <laughs> there is so much in that scene <laughs> that is astonishing, both on you know on screen and behind the scenes. That it just it justifies the movie's existence, in my opinion. Oh that, yeah, that that single scene. But uh, why don't we change it up and have Chris start with your notes? Because Chris, I think of the three of us, you're the one that was most excited to talk about this film this season. I have no idea why, um, and um, and I'm I'm very excited to hear what you had to take away from this first viewing. Uh, first of all, uh, one scene that always gets a really good chuckle out of me is when um, the uh, Papa Disguisey um, disguises Michael Johnson takes the Constitution, and okay. that one. I mean, it's, it's a running joke that the government officials are just giving away stuff to famous celebrities. Um, yeah. But this one is especially funny because he has the guards reenact like a baton pass set to chariots of fire. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he just runs away with it. 
one of uh, several pop culture references in the film. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and another example of a white guy pretending to be a black man. Yes. Although, the to, their, to their credit, they did actually have Michael Johnson cameo. Right. Exactly. I was going to say, yeah, that so. one's a little better because it's actually the black guy basically playing himself or playing a different character yeah. disguised as him. Right. Right, right. So, black guy playing a white guy playing a black guy. Yeah. It's like um, the op- it's the opposite of Tropic Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I I really I really like the production design in this movie. It's so strange. Um you get this sense that it's almost it's it's kind of thrown together but also in a calculated way like they just walked into a Goodwill yeah. or Universal Studios well, back lot and said I'm going to take all of this. Oh, the whole movie That's... is uh pretty much it looks like looks to be shot on the Warner Brothers back lot, I believe. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Fun fact. Well, <laughs> Chris, I'm really gr- glad you brought that up because that's one of my major notes, with, and one of the main reasons I wanted to do the movie inadvertently, because similar to season two's The Cat in the Hat, this is a movie that was a one and done directorial debut from a production designer, and I'm gonna have to look up the guy's name because I do not remember it <laughs> off the top of my head, but it's like Perry something something. Um. Uh, per- Perry Andalyn Blake. There you go. Yeah, he's he is a production designer on quite a few films. Uh, okay. but this is his one and only uh, directorial feature, and I think even more so than the Cat in the Hat, you can tell because yeah. it, it feels like everything is a setup to a bit, and the story is like a a nuisance in between. <laughs> yeah, like you can if you, there's one thing you can say about this production is that it was designed exactly. Um, the sets look good. Like I, I really like the set for, yeah. um, like the disguisey like workshop or whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. the um, like the hidden like layer thing <clears throat> looks cool. And there's like a lot of interesting designs there. And like also obviously the Turtle Club looks. I, I think it looks like a fun. Like I would I would go to the Turtle Club. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, even the neighborhood like as like a, a super clean version of New York looks visually nice. Yeah. As far as these things go. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, the production, there's no, there's little to no faults. There, everything else, there, there are several to many faults. <laughs> um, I, I'm bugged more than I was when I was younger that when, uh, grandpa first shows up, it's just like a, the shot is an exorcist reference. Yeah. I don't understand. It's like, I think, I, yeah, I've never seen the, I think exorcist. it's because it's a pop culture. Well, I actually, yeah, I just watched, I, I wrote that as my notes, well. I just watched The Exorcist for the first time in October, so I was actually kind of excited when they did The Exorcist, because I was like, oh, for the first time I can really appreciate this scene. It was just it, a, it, I mean, you know the shot, Matt, of the, the guy in the hat standing in the lamplight, right? Yeah, the yeah. poster for The Exorcist. That's the, I mean, that's the shot I'm talking about in, in Master of Disguise. Oh, okay. Also, also parodied in Scared Trekless, which we discussed in season one. <laughs> um, <coughs> I... The stunt work, I think, is kind of funny when I now that I'm paying more attention to it because there are some heavy falls in this movie. Um, like when uh, Pistachio is inflated and Grandpa pops him with a dart and he falls to the ground, he hits that ground hard, and so does um, the kid when he when he um, trips on the sign. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's some pretty brutal spills in this movie that I noticed for the first time. Um, I thought that was kind of funny. What are you guys' thoughts on uh, when Mama is cooking under the influence of the caramel corn 
and a pair of hands starts coming out of the pile of flour. Now, I can't, <laughs> I can't really buy the idea that there's just this huge bin of flour enough for a man to sit in. So I think that the the joke is that there's a pair of hands coming out of just a pile of flour on the counter. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which, of course, that effect is ruined later on when she hits him, but I think it's the, the idea is hilarious that, that there's a henchman hiding in a pile of flour. Uh, I think, like many things in this movie, it, it's the side of the film where... I don't know if there's, like... You know, like, there used to be those trailers where um, they're like, what if blank film was a horror film? Yeah. yeah. Like, I could see... I, I don't know if there's one for the Master of Disguise, but there should be. <clears throat> Because there there are several moments in this film where it wants to be a horror movie and it just can't, and then that's the main one that comes to mind. That's that's my main thought of that that scene. There are a lot of things about Mama Pistachio that that make me chuckle. Like um, the first time you see her with the candy corn, she's chopping food or whatever. She's chopping the ingredients, and then the 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 stove ignites and starts blowing fire, and she's like, mm-hmm. "Ooh!" And then she just starts chopping faster, and it's like, <laughs> "Wait a second, she's not doing anything. She's just chopping faster." Um, and then it it goes the fire goes down and then she just shrugs and goes back to chopping normally. It's yeah. it's, it's very strange. Um, and like and Will, I'm looking forward to discussing at well both of you honestly about some of the very strange and surreal turns that this movie takes uh, here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, just a couple more notes that I have. Um, uh, when uh, they're at the party and uh, Jennifer needs to go to the bathroom. And, uh, you know, first of all, it's weird when Devin's like, aw. And then he tells her where it is, and then he's like, hurry back. And then as she's walking away, he's like, nice. And I was like, what? what is he doing? Why did he say that? Hmm. I don't know yeah. if I caught that. Yeah, it's 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 really weird. Um, when Pistachio is disguised as one of the henchmen and Devlin pulls his disguise off, um maybe like a second later like like he was ready the statue just puts his glasses back on <laughs> he's very time... good about putting his glasses back yeah on the timing on that was really funny um and one thing that got a really good chuckle out of me is when he's trying to get uh papa pistachio to um to snap out of his trance as devlin he's like let's go get a bite to eat at the Olive Garden. Yes. Like when they own a like they don't own Italian restaurant. At the Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they don't own a really nice upscale Italian restaurant. They're going to go to the oh, Olive I didn't, Garden. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> oh, that was the first thing I thought of. Actually, <laughs> See, I, my thought my thought was again just like, man, this movie at any given moment at any available time will plug in whatever product placement they can. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's like, probably a that's probably a, a baked in benefit of that, but I, I think it's whether intentional or not. I think it's hilarious that he's talking about going to those crappy chain restaurants. Oh yeah, it's um, a great gag. <laughs> um, I mean, well, it's actually. I mean, if you if you look at it from Pistachio's uh, perspective, that's actually kind of nice because he doesn't want his parents to have to cook the meal. That he wants everyone to have a nice, relaxing evening after this stressful and traumatizing ordeal. So I think <laughs> I, I think that's his logic for, for why he picked the Olive Garden instead of his own family restaurant. Sure. That could that yeah, that could that tracks as well. Um my last thing is that when Bowman first snaps a picture of the Constitution, there's a very weird cut. I don't know if you guys caught it, but I watched yeah, it back three the, times. Um, that's the cut where he uh changes back to James Brolin. 
James Brolin's in this? Or yeah, uh yeah, James Brolin, the it's father of Josh Brolin. I was thinking of Josh Brolin. I'm sorry. Yeah, if you don't know, um Pistachio's dad is Josh Brolin's dad in real life. And uh Wait, Josh Brolin is plays Pistachio. <laughs> No, 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 Josh like, Brolin plays Pistachio. He's wearing yeah, disguise. Yeah, exactly. If only, yeah. <laughs> now, now, what movie? Can you imagine if Josh Brolin was the master of disguise? I oh man, I, I want, can't I want, stop imagining. I want to see Josh Brolin play Mama Gum, Mama Gum Gum, or wait, Gammy Gammy Num Nums. Gammy Num Nums. That's it. I will. Uh, my other thing, like I, I love Gammy Num Nums. She's hilarious. Like, is the, that your the, favorite uh, non Turtle Club character? It might be either that or the bubble guy. I was gonna say bubble guy is my favorite. Sure, because, <laughs> because the movie seems to hate him the most because they they took out almost all of his scene. Yeah, I was. But gonna every say, time I see, yeah, when yeah. he showed up in the credits, I was like, was this a deleted scene or did I miss this guy? Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. There, there's a hole on the DVD, the movie, so I probably missed a couple yeah. things this round. On the in the um in the DVD, you can see the full scene of that. Ah, they cut. okay. I'm assuming because it didn't progress a plot, but then again, like that doesn't stop what, any of the other what scenes. What does in this progress? Movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know exactly. That's what I was have gonna you, say. So it's like, have you not seen the full scene of the Bubble Guy, Matt? I mean, probably when I was a kid. Yeah, you, you got to rewatch the deleted scene. It's freaking hilarious. I bought See, the movie uh, on Amazon. Is it on? The, will the deleted okay. scenes be there? Or no. No, it'll know. be on YouTube though. Damn. I don't know. I tried looking for it on YouTube. There's only a little bit of it, which oh, is basically okay. what's in the end credits or the outtakes, but um. Well, get, oh, you know what? Yeah. I think my mom still has the DVD at her house. Okay. Um, what uh, I was going to say... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say like, with the uh, Gammy Num Nums, uh, when she first shows up, like it's just a very quick start to the scene. She's like, appraise this! Bam! Slams the the suitcase onto the table and scares right. the hell out of the appraiser. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I was going to say about the bubble guy is that my favorite thing about him is that he is basically like... If you were to describe, without showing anybody, the film Mr. Magnorium Wonder Emporium, <laughs> and, and like, like, in your mind, like, what do you imagine the main character looks like? It would be Dana Carvey as the Bubble Man, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's he's also like Cap, the Candy King from uh, Wreck It Ralph. It's it's that's true, yeah, yeah, similar <laughs> similar voices and appearances, which. Both these those movies came out after the Masters Disguise. Coincidence? Trends. I think I, not. Uh, I'm starting so. to detect a disguisey cinematic universe. Ooh. So, uh, Chris, I'm glad we agree. Like, I think those are the top two characters in the film. <laughs> um, the rest, I don't, I don't care the rank, except for no. Actually, you know what? That's not fair. I, I, I think three is the cuteness because I, I like the dog. He skateboards. He he has reaction shots. Well, it's not the guy that his name is the cuteness. Yeah. yeah, it's the great name. Um, can we talk about how they get a lot of mileage out of that one reaction shot where he falls down? They show it like, <laughs> I, I think a, a conservative estimate would be fifteen times in the film. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, use um, it works. So like I was I was trying to do the math in my head earlier today, if if. If that scene was shown like you know like fifteen or twenty times, I've seen this movie in my childhood, you know maybe like twenty or so times. I've probably seen that single shot of the dog falling down, you know like literally hundreds of times in my life. <laughs> nice. 
which is a startling and, and uh, unsettling thought to be sure, but <laughs> one I have to live with, I guess. Uh, Chris, did you have more notes? Um, no, my 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 last note was just the Scooby Doo. Uh, oh, okay. Thing. Yeah, it, it it is quite weird that in addition to referencing the the film Shrek, they also reference our our last film Scooby Doo directly, uh, which I, I I hope inspires confidence that we picked the right film. But yeah, is that I, I, I mean, don't know for sure. What what is tying? Does this movie even like like how does this movie tie into the other movies that we watch? Just those two things. Uh, I mean, I think it does tie into. You know, having Dana Carvey be personally connected yeah. to uh, Mike Myers, like he, you know, yeah, in the in the six degrees of Kevin Bacon way, he would he would be very close to uh, Mike Myers. Certainly, but um, I also think, I mean, to me, I don't know, I don't know if you've felt this way throughout the sh- the show's or or origins slash like conception, but um, I feel like to me, what what's appealing about this podcast is that we basically take a movie that you or me or all of us or however many people watched a bunch as a kid and we take it that experience and you know take it to the present day and we mm-hmm. watch it a bunch of times and this is a film i don't know about youtube but i i watched this like several times as a kid uh oh, yeah. too uh but for that said i also had until last night had not seen it in probably at least 10 years for what it's worth well same here yeah i, I don't think i've seen this in like 15 years yeah to maybe maybe close to 17 until last night but um except for the turtle club scene i've seen that you know who knows how many times but (laughs) uh matt why don't we go ahead with your notes with that said oh sure i don't have a ton for what it's worth um but uh i was my first note is that this whole movie is just the warner brothers back lot um i've done the warner brothers tour like five times just because it's a very easy thing whenever people visit to do um and so i'm very familiar with that back lot and now anytime i see it in any movie it's like ah the warner brothers back lot because <laughs> um, like it, it once I you recognize there. it it's like the structure of the buildings and the size of the roads it's immediately recognizable see i just think of uh i think of peewee's big adventure like mm. that's my my main thought of with uh i don't know if that's the exact same lot that you're referring to but that's my my point of reference to the Warner Brothers lot. I've actually not seen Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Still, I know. Oh wow! Mm. Yeah, it's on my list. Um, but uh, oh, the George Washington scene, uh, where he's like, "No more tree for you." Oh, the tree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that scene. I don't know about you guys, but to me, that felt more like a time travel joke. Like instead of a oh, there was a person who was there who was disguised. Uh, it's like, uh, we have to go back in time and stop George Washington. Like, like, how do they know he was going to chop down the cherry tree? Like, like it, that scene just seemed, <laughs> it, it, well, that, uh, that thought gets to one that I think we're going to have to face pretty early on, which is that if you try to make sense of the movie's inner logic, you're going to lose because yeah, the movie true. has no inner logic. The movie just kind of goes with like whatever it, they it, they follow the classic comedy format of whatever what's ever funniest like whatever makes the joke yeah. hit the hardest. It doesn't have to make sense. We can be in Abraham Lincoln times and play a song that came out at this point in time as far as the movie is concerned, like two years <laughs> before. 
<laughs> we we can have them break dance. It's like it the movie has no internal logic. Yeah. So um yeah, I I don't I don't think we're gonna have her have an answer answer there unless we we find out something about the production where there was well, I mean, supposedly a scene where they went it. back in time. Yeah, I'm not I'm not questioning it. I'm just saying like the joke itself feels more like a a joke from like a time travel movie. I don't know. Or like a earlier draft of the film that might have involved involved time travel. Time travel. Yeah. yeah. It's um, like uh, when they realized that a master disguise the series wasn't gonna happen. They just. Chuck the joke back into the movie. <laughs> Through everything they had. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I'm generally curious to know if the movie had a working script. Because based on the outtakes at the end, like it just seems like they filmed a bunch of stuff and then just like barely found a way to cobble it together. <laughs> I would be very surprised if that were not the case. Yeah. So, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Matt. Oh, you're quite all right. Um... My next note is, uh, why does Grandpa hate all the candidates? WTF is what I wrote. Because that scene, that scene starts and he's just like, next, no, definitely not, no. And like he's, Get he's out. Just, yeah, he's well, like immediately yeah. just crapping all over all of these other candidates, and it's like none of them have even done it. Like, like why is it so cynical all of a sudden? I don't know. I I was thinking that as well. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of cutting in that scene, so maybe we just missed all the like offensive stuff, but. I, it does seem like the movie, I think, over overcorrected itself to the point where it lost the thread of why the characters were deemed objectable. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have so, so something I like about this movie uh, is that it features not one but two different uh, versions of one of my favorite songs, "Walking on Sunshine." <laughs> yeah. And in Classic. addition to that, it also features two different versions of a song called the. Or there's two different Master of Disguise songs in it. There are two mm-hmm. original licensed songs in this movie. <laughs> One of them plays twice. Are you talking about? <laughs> so there's like there's a scene where he's like dressed as a cow pie man, and, they and like, that's the you know, he's mas- the master of disguise, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. you may never recognize. And there's the other one where he's. Fighting the ninjas. It's the M A S T E R of disguise. And you open your eyes. Yeah, so. it's a totally different song. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Two different Master of Disguise songs. Three separate sequences. Yeah, so Yeah, the um the, the first one you're talking about, that's like kinda like a monkeys parody, which is weird because monkeys are obviously a parody of the Beatles. Um <laughs> That that's a scene that strikes me like that's one of the scenes where I really connected with me. It's like, oh, this is clearly Dana Carvey's attempt to do Austin Powers, because that scene is, like, basically lifted straight from the opening of Austin Powers, where he's, like, you know, running from the women, like, doing the different disguises. Yeah. Even, like, the newspaper gag is, like, basically hand-lifted from Austin Powers. So uh, that's my explanation for that one. I don't know why there's two theme songs, though. <laughs> um, Especially think, because the movie starts I mean, with its own theme song with the, the fun song. Right, I can't, you can't really. I can't really think of another licensed song that would be more suited to Dana Carvey fighting ninjas. <laughs> They're like, "Wow, you, they, they you had were to coming write up one. empty-handed. <laughs> we got to write something." Um, um, it would have been. They, they have no, no, no music at all. It'd be like the like one of those dramatic movies where there's there's no music, like when Bane yes. hurts Batman in The Dark Knight Rises. Mm. 
<laughs> how much how much more grim would a, some of the scenes be without like any uh, music soundtrack? Like or those, a Tom uh, Zimmer score. <laughs> I was thinking like I also think it could be pretty funny if you do it like one of those videos on YouTube where they take out the background music but add in like sound effects. So you like hear the people yeah. walking and like coughing, <laughs> yeah, and... <laughs> Gr- grunting and yeah. Um, so I think it's pretty cool that Eddie Redmayne plays the the constable character in this movie. <laughs> Which one's the constable? Uh, he's the British guy that Dana Carvey plays. Uh, oh, the get it, got it, uh, whatever the I forget the the third one, but is that the guy you're talking it. about? I think so. Yeah, that's it. Doubt it. It's not the, this is what you're doing. This is what you should. It's not that guy. I don't, unless it is him. I don't know. Oh, okay. I think, the guy I think... with the, the big teeth is like, oh. Yeah, that's who I'm talking about. Oh, the oh the German guy. Eddie Redmayne. Okay. <laughs> See, Eddie Redmayne, noted German man. <laughs> yeah. See, that that scene to me, I mean, I, I, I know I'm harping German? on I this point. I thought he was British. No, I think that guy's supposed to be German. The other guy's supposed to be British. No, I think it's because he has a lederhosen on. Yeah, he's got the lederhosen. He? He's coming. Maybe from the, I'm wrong. The, the yeah, he's like oh, because he has like the fake teeth, and that was the other. I, I know, like I said, I'm harping on this point, but this whole movie, like I said, feels like Dana Carvey is just trying to take the crap out of Mike Myers because that that is another example to me of like let's make fun of Austin Powers because it's like he has the fake teeth, he's yeah. like really frisky, and you know he's like he's like a saucy little German boy. And it's like, okay, this is his, like, 405th attempt to, like, make fun of Mike Myers. Okay, and, I, I know, looked it yeah. up, and it is is Constable Mueller and Terry Suave are the two different characters that we're talking about. And, I mean, his it uh, looking at it, he does look German. Uh, but, <laughs> in my defense, he is a constable, so forgive me for assuming he was British. Sure. <laughs> I mean, he, he's of high honor. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, so one thing I wanted to point out, um, uh, this as a side note, uh, you know how uh, Amazon has that X-ray feature that's really cool. Yes. Um, yes. Robin Williams is credited during the party scene. Well, they have a picture of him during the, um, uh, you, you know, when uh, what's her name, Jennifer Esposito is like looking through those photos. Uh-huh. She says like Robin, another name, like that. That's all the people that uh, he took for disguises when he was like stealing all the um the monuments so oh, i'm guessing really? there was a scene that we didn't see where he pretended to be rob williams to steal who knows what uh for the ebay black market scene what would robin williams steal if he was disguised as robin williams um wait what robin williams disguise well, what, as yeah, robin the, williams the, would what would he use the robin, <laughs> would, robin yeah. williams disguise to steal pop yeah, disguisey I, I just want to know, I mean, you're raising a separate question, which is, what would Rob Williams be like disguised as Rob Williams? Which, I don't I don't know what that would be like at all, but that'd be terrifying. My next note is just, this thing really just ends, huh? But uh, it was, oh, yeah. I was immediately proven wrong because there were like four scenes left. Right. <laughs> during and after the credits um which also during the credits there's a shot of the of dana carvey as the turtle man drumming at a drum set and uh yeah. i think that's a very good shot um 
and then my final note, and I, you know, now that I think about it, this has the potential to be our thing thing, our Lyman thing, our um, Velma's friend thing. Uh, the slapping dummy man. <laughs> yeah. Is okay, good. Uh, especially because he's dressed up as Mario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is the fact that that final little sequence of Dana Carvey chasing him around town is just—it's—it's it's excellent. <laughs> it's so good. Oh wait! Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking of the, there's a scene in the credits where he pretends to be a dummy. I thought that's oh. what you were referring to. But you yes. know, you're talking about the the short person yes. that is revealed to be in the dummy. <laughs> Which is the dummy weirdest man. reveal. Which all right again, I I I I don't mean the harp on this, but very clearly this is an attempt. To have its own mini me. I just, I still do love the like pistachio. I am sad. Why are you sad? <laughs> Slapping dummy man. He goes, I want to say goodbye. And they come back on screen so you can go goodbye. <laughs> like that's genius. I, I don't I, care. I don't care how bad the. Rest I mean, I, of this I do like. Is. Yeah. I, I do. You're talking about like the Ferris Bueller thing at the end, where it's yes. like they do the whole like, "What are you still are you, doing here? Yeah, it's him the movie's him. over." Yes. <laughs> but then the dummy is still sad. But um, I I just like that they. Um, I mean, what I like about that scene is like we get to see a little snippet of their conversation. Yeah. Where the guy like the guy, all he really seems to le- care about is slapping people. He's just like, "I like to slap." <laughs> like, yes, you do like the slap because I like to slap. <laughs> Uh, yeah, slapping dummy man is maybe my favorite part of the movie. So maybe this is like an anti. <laughs> okay, so, thing. so that's that's your favorite, that's your favorite character besides uh, Turtle Man, the cuteness. Well, no, you, and maybe your, your original Bowman. question was who your favorite disguise character is. That's why Chris was confused. Okay, sorry. Right, right. Sorry, my bad. Um, it's okay. Okay, so let's take all right. All the characters are on the table now. <laughs> Doesn't have to be disguises, but they they can include disguises. Who who's your favorite character in the movie? Is it Slapping Dummy Man? It's Slapping Dummy Man, one hundred percent. Yeah, I think I even okay. like him more than the Turtle Man. It's just so. Yeah. See, I I gotta go with Turtle Man. I uh, I it yeah. When I, I I actually like had entirely forgotten about the Slapping Man inside the Dummy. I knew there was something with the Dummy. Because there was the scene with it, and I was like, oh, yeah, there's, like, that, like, pulls down his pants yeah. later on or something. Like, I remembered that. No, that's in the middle of the movie. I yeah. know, but when it first shows up, I was like, oh, this is familiar. I remember this dummy being a whole thing. Um, but I then, as soon as that final scene with the little man inside started, um, I was immediately just, like, thrown back in time 15 years to just, like, laughing with my <laughs> brother at that scene. So, yeah, I like it. Uh, there's also names. the we 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 forgot to mention the fact where he like seemingly chases him into an alley and slaps him. Yeah, and, and then ch- it he changes him out. so that he's he's getting chased by the the short person. It's classic chase scene, man. It's it's excellent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I have to agree with you in that. Like, it is so like your like cliched comedy bit that it retroactively like works because yeah. it's just so like absurd and like dumb. <laughs> They yeah. have to appreciate that they they spent like, what was that? That, that scene has to be like three minutes long, right? Yeah, they probably Including spent a the, day like, filming Ferris it. Be- yeah, <laughs> yeah like, they milk they milk that for all it's worth. <laughs> it's so strange too, because it's just like all of a sudden, like the movie is over. We've seen everything, and he's just brushing up 
and the the dummy slaps or no he like notices how does it happen does he notice there's an opening on the machine he just pulls it open and the little guy I mean inside? basically yeah he's like he's cleaning up the restaurant you know he the, the dummy guy is there you know he has this uh you know troubled relationship with him and he's just like you know basically checking him out like why why is what's the deal with this thing like I think mm-hmm. he's like going in to see like what the mechanics are like what like machinery is inside yeah and, and then he opens dead. it up, and then to his shock and terror, he discovers there's a short person <laughs> that's been somehow living inside the... <laughs> With a must- not, just a, not just a little person, but a mustachioed little person wearing, right. again, I cannot stress this enough, Mario, Super yeah. Mario's outfit. <laughs> well, not even Super Mario, it's the outfit that when Mario, like, you know, like when he like becomes like miniature? Yeah. It's like basically that outfit. I mean, it's, Mario wears the same outfit. No matter what size. Right. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, that, that's actually a fair point. Yeah, I forgot about that. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's excellent. But, um, yeah, for me, my favorite part is just like when he's just like, you know, contemplatively talking about the scene. And he's just like, I like the slap. I <laughs> like the slap. Because I love to slap. His voice is great, too. It, it's, oh. <laughs> anyway. But, yeah, like uh, I said, though, those are my notes, Will, if you want to wrap us up. All right. Yeah, so I have quite a few notes, as you would imagine, mm-hmm. and um, I'll, I'll try to keep this brief. But uh, so if we if we haven't, you know, suggested this already, this movie is really padded out. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like there's a you know like we said there's like ten minutes of credits that includes outtakes and deleted scenes and alternative takes, and uh, you know just dance sequences like like the whole gamut of credits filler is in this movie. Um, and then we have an opening credit scene that goes on for, what, like three or five minutes? Uh, yes, yes. It's, it's about three minutes, I because I checked when it ended. It's like three and a half minutes. So that's like, you know, the movie's only 80 minutes long, maybe 81 minutes. And that's like 13 minutes of the movie right there. Hell yeah. Uh, so, like, we have, like, almost, like barely an hour's worth of plot. And, and that's being, you know, charitable with the term plot. <laughs> Because it's pretty much just sketches and bits and vignettes over the course of a like thin plot involving kidnapping and you know uh, <laughs> what 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 have you. But um, I I do have to say I mean we were talking about the songs earlier. I've had the fun song stuck in my head for I think even though like I don't think about this movie that often, I've had that song stuck in my head for I want to say like twenty years now. <laughs> Which song are you uh, talking about? Can you sing it for me? It's like. This is gonna be fun. This is gonna be real. Oh, it sounds like Alanis Morris is on Prozac. <laughs> like that's the song she's decided to sing. You know what I'm talking about now? Yeah, I do. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I've had that song stuck in my head for 20 years, and then when the movie started playing, I was like, oh, God, I forgot about this song. <laughs> Here we go again. Um. I don't know if you'll appreciate this joke, Matt, but Chris might. This movie is basically Holy Motors for the Happy Madison crowd. <laughs> it's basically what for the Happy Madison crowd? Holy Motors. I don't know if you know what that movie is, but I don't um, believe I do. Okay, fair enough. Uh, we're checking out. It's a fun movie. Um, all it, it, this movie starts like all kids' movies do with an extended Bo Derek cameo. <laughs> Which I think is it's funny because, like, like what at the time, like like us, like eight-year-olds or whatever, know who Bo Derek is. 
Oh, is that um, who that was? Yeah, Bo Derek is Bo from Derek, the movie yeah. Ten. She was like, you know, like kind of like a sex symbol from I want to say like the late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, I just um, Wikipedia her. Yeah, Tarzan the Ape Man, Tommy Boy. Um, yeah, I remember her from Tommy Boy. Um, pretty much. I did, that's see, I figured I, it. Yeah. I just figured that was a a woman actress. I didn't realize that it was like someone of note. No, I mean they even say like Bo Derek. Like they they make a point to make you know. Like that's the oh. thing about this movie. It's like every time there's a cameo, like they don't just have the cameo. They have a character being like, "Well, of course, Jessica Simpson, you're yeah. a chart topping artist, and we love your work." <laughs> um, it reminds me of the uh, the scene in Walk Hard with the Beatles, right? Where the Beatles yes. call themselves out before yeah, you for Beatles from Liverpool. Yes, yes, we are from yeah. Liverpool. Yeah, I'm I'm John Lennon. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm noticing a rift between the Beatles. Um, <laughs> this movie is very horny. I think we need to just kind of point that out if we haven't already. Of course. Um, woman is chloroformed in this PG movie. Uh, lots of slapping. Lots of ADR. I think we need to talk about that more in a later episode, how much absurd ADR is in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um. We'll definitely need to talk about the brown face because. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, see, oh, I, 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 I wrote about the Jesse Ventura cameo, but I don't think I have enough time to really divulge into that yet. Um, let's see, oh yeah, even in two thousand two, Kean Thompson was reduced to being a reaction guy, which <laughs> I, I find kind of sad. <laughs> He's credited as himself too. Really? He's just yeah. supposed to be Kean Thompson? He's just, he's just Kean Thompson. All right, yeah, I, I mentioned the movie Zero Logic when it comes to Pistachio's powers. And then, oh, yeah, I, 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 I kind of have to marvel at the fact that this is a movie that ends with President George W. Bush kicking the crap out of Data. <laughs> 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 like, like, in what world? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Th- those are all my notes for now. Like, I guess I have a lot of notes. And there's a lot of things I want to discuss with this film, but we have... 11 more episodes and yeah. uh we'll, we'll we'll discuss the movie more in depth because there's a lot to discuss but uh let's wrap up this episode by discussing at least briefly the turtle club scene which we've been putting off for far too long yeah and uh i i think it's it's the main thing people know about the movie and uh for good reason because i will say throughout the movie as i was telling you before we recorded i felt mostly like bemused slash amused confused and annoyed like just some like random mix of those reactions throughout the film, but when I rewatched the Turtle Club scene, which is a scene I've seen, you know, I I have to assume like upwards of fifty times at this point, <laughs> I, I still get some chuckles out of it, which you know is not nothing. Uh, so where do you guys land on the Turtle Club scene? It's legendary, yeah. of course. It's a it's a. Classic. I hope they have the Turtle Club scene in the Snyder cut of Justice League. <laughs> I would hope so too. <laughs> I just want I want I want uh just the character of Turtle Club or Turtle Man. To be like a a character in the DC universe, I want to know his whole story. <laughs> give, give us an origin story. The one thing that I just don't really get about it is I don't really understand why he's doing like a Kermit the Frog voice. But he's a a reptilian. Frogs are amphibians. Oh yeah, sorry, that's why I meant amphibians. <laughs> but but tur- turtles are not amphibians. So, I don't. I know. Yeah. So I I I, I mixed up I mixed Am up I my turtly enough for the turtle club. Like I don't know. It's 
But uh, oh, it's a great scene. Well, what voice would you do for what voice would you do for a, a turtle, Matt? Oh, probably a Mitch McConnell impression. Sure, that's well, yeah, but Mitch McConnell was. Like, <laughs> People didn't really pay attention to politics outside of George Bush and Al Gore at the time. So, like, you know, like I, I don't think people were really like. All right. It, it, your, your point is taken. It's a fine voice. And also, this is a PG movie. Yeah. It's like kids would recognize Kermit the Frog. Listen, six-year-olds are not going to recognize. Don't throw that at me. There's so many unrecognizable to six-year-old characters in this. Uh, sure. Yeah, I, no, will no, not, that, that's very, I will not that's, have it. That's very fair. Six year, yeah, because all six year olds know who Bo Derek is. Exactly. Yeah, I'm like, exactly. Yes, you're, that's you're my point. Your own yes. point. <laughs> but I think the difference is that Turtle Club, that scene is the event. Like that's the the, the okay. movie's like, that's the movie's like crescendo. Like not crescendo, probably, but like it's. It's yeah. probably the longest scene in the movie. Is, is it? it? It probably. There's no way. I wouldn't be no surprised. Because actually, I don't the think other it, thing I was going to remark about it is how short it is. And how yeah, I was gonna say, it's 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 like it ends abruptly. It, that yeah, it ends. He bites off the guy's nose, spits it back on, then laughs, and it cuts to a shot of him spinning around on the ground, and then we cut to the next yeah. scene. <laughs> Which I, I love because it's like yeah. <laughs> it's it's classic SNL. We don't know how to end this skit, yeah. which I kind of love. Yeah, because I agree. like it's a movie, so it's like we can do more. Like I I just I don't know like. <laughs> I, I really want to know. Right. Does any scene in this movie actually end, though? Like, there's maybe a couple of conversations that end, but overall, there's, like, they kind of just run out of things to do and they fade to the next one. Uh, Any scene that does the so crazy it just might work scene ends, yeah. T- tends to have it. Oh, there's, there's three point. of those. And then all, all the fart joke scenes have a right. pretty much the same. There's, they, they have that joke five times because, you know, screw the rule of thirds. Let's do this five times. <laughs> I do like the one at the end where he's like, ha, 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 and it just like keeps going. I think that's kind of funny. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised we didn't talk about that because like I feel like that's the scene I'm gonna have the most varied reactions as we watch it. <laughs> this time I was like kind of like okay with it. Yeah. Uh, I feel like other times I'm going to be annoyed by it, and then like future viewings I'm gonna just grow to love the scene. I have uh, always liked how. Um... Had they stuck with the rule of threes, they would have ended with he doesn't fart, and then he's really pleased himself, and he starts to talk, and he farts. Right. So like, like, which that's, is yeah, which I think is the funniest one. That's genuinely a funny joke, like the build up to that, and then how, and then they had to just keep going. Right, they couldn't stop themselves. <laughs> well, maybe he was just really gassy, you guys. You don't know everybody's story. Um, it's not part of the script. It's like Brent Spiner <laughs> actually has a problem. Well, if um, that's the case, I feel bad because it's like they're they're mocking his <laughs> his flatulence disorder. Like, hey, Brent, what'd you have for lunch today? We're gonna film this scene in the limo again. <laughs> fill him with beans. Fill him with, <laughs> beans. with beans. I just spill <laughs> your beans. Why just spill your beans? Um, Why just spill your beans? <laughs> uh, Will, is this a good stopping point? Is there any more to say about the Turtle Club? We are getting to almost an hour. Um, Well, I mean, obviously, like I said, I think there's a ton to discuss yes. with the Turtle Club scene. But why discuss more? We can tease more. Uh, mm. And I think that, 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 you know, we're almost at the hour point. And I think, you know, if we discuss this movie any longer, we're going to be longer than the movie itself. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I think that, that that's a good place. And unless you guys have anything that you, that needs to be discussed in this pilot premiere episode. 
Um, I just want to remind everybody of the trivia bit of um, the Turtle Club, where uh, during the filming of that, 9-11 happened, so everybody took a moment of, of silence. Yes. yes. Which is my favorite piece of film trivia in film history. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, so just and imagine it's, it's, that set. Yes. And Dana Carvey looks like that. Right, like I mean, it's if, it's it, well. That's yeah. the thing. It's such a good. I, I agree with you, Will, and it's such a good piece of film trivia history, because the more you think about it, the better it gets. Like yes, you got to watch that scene too, and like you watch that scene and just put yourself in the position of every person on mm-hmm. set: the camera people, the PAs, the gaffers, yeah. the grips. All of them are like horrified. And yes. well, now we gotta we got their family film. could be they, yeah yeah. This is a New York this is a New York crew and cast and crew like this was primarily based in New York. Are you yeah. sure? I thought this was filmed in L.A. I meant sorry, like the the cast and crew themselves are primarily New York based, from what I can tell. Oh, but I, I believe I believe the film was. I mean, obviously because it's like Saturday Night Live and stuff. Like it's a lot of people from SNL. I mean, maybe that's why the scene just ends because like the director's just like I don't. That's I possible. Don't I don't feel like doing this anymore. <laughs> I wouldn't blame him. I I really want to know what day in filming that was. Like I, I don't know when production started. The end. So I mean maybe that's what like caused the movie to fall apart. Was that they 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 had all these ideas and they just didn't have the follow through because they've been traumatized by the terrors of nine eleven. And that's you know. <laughs> oh, um, man. But for me, I mean, yeah, I, I'll discuss it more later. But for me, the, the the mental image of Dana Carvey in the Turtle Club or the Turtle Man outfit, presumably addressing the production crew and cast. No, Dana like, Carvey did not address know, them. There's no way. There's no. I I will not believe it. But I don't know. I but sorry, I said that's my headcan. Is that okay, he's like sure. the one? It's like hey, every like him in the Turtle Man <laughs> costume is like everyone. I'm sorry to interrupt filming. I, I need a moment of silence, please. We just found out that two planes have struck the World Trade Center building. <laughs> we don't know more information at this time, but if we could please have a moment of silence. <laughs> you know, just just. I want to like, clarify that I am not laughing at 9-11. I'm laughing at the image right, of no. Dana Carvey in the turtle right, suit. No, I, that's what I mean. Like, I know you know, I mean, but like, I want to put it on the record. Right. <laughs> I want It's just that, yeah, it's just that such a baffling trivia that I, I it never ceases to amaze me. But yeah. we'll obviously have to discuss that more later <laughs> yeah. because we're getting to the hour point and we need to, to wrap this up. So uh, I'm Will. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. And remember, kids. It ain't ogre. Till it's ogre. All right. See you, everybody. See ya. So much to do, so much to see, 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 so much to do, so much to see. You are not welcome here. You and you. Get off!